Hallelujah. 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 To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my enemies triumph over me. Indeed, let no one who waits on the Lord be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show me your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. Lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. On you I wait all the day. And then also in the Psalms. Teach me to do your will. For you are my God. Your spirit is good. Lead me in the land of uprightness. Father, in Jesus' name, as we stand before you now, Lord, I ask that these would be our prayer to you this morning. Lord, that you do teach us, lead us, guide us in all truth. You are our God. You are our God. In the name of Jesus, we approach you. Jesus, thank you for our ability to approach approach the throne of grace with boldness. Not boldness, prideful arrogance, but boldness, confidence in what you've done through the blood of your cross. So Lord, I again ask you to teach us, to lead us, guide us. Let this Service, let this message, Father, be instructful and and help us, Lord, to be equipped to do the work that you've called us to do. To be equipped, Father, to have the purpose and plan that you've called us to be complete and fulfilled in our lives. Not my words, Lord, your words. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Well, this is kind of, I know we have some people traveling, but this is kind of interesting. <laughs> um, amen, all the time. And, and it's just amazing to me. I hope it's just not the cold weather because I know that I've been in Florida for a long time and this is cold. In the meantime, we have other folks that are suffering subsurface temperatures and things, I mean, sub-zero temperatures, if you don't, if you'd excuse me, please. And... Um, Hopefully it hasn't kept them away from church. Well, my brothers and sisters, I'm going to continue. I think the Lord is leading us in this path as it relates to uh, strongholds. We, we ha- there are strongholds in our lives. And, and right now, I think, uh, specifically, we're living in such a time um, where we see everything, you know, the whole of society, all of culture just crumbling around us. It looks like, you know, like just like the just like the prophets said, good will be bad, bad will be good. It's uh, things are upside down. So right in the middle of this, you, me, we are carrying the message of Christ. Not only carrying the message, we have His Holy Spirit living inside of us. And so this, I feel more like a stranger in a strange place now than ever in my whole life. And I love to blame it on the fact that I'm something years old, but that's just not it. That's just not it. I, I know and you know and we can sense whether you're a younger Christian, old Christian, I mean chronologically, but also uh, I think that it's up to us who are a little bit more mature in the faith to understand totally what this word says and to carry this word in truth, in spirit and in truth. So that's why, although we're going over scriptures that I think many of us, certainly those of us who've been in uh, Jesus for a long time, we, we've, we've, we've read these scriptures. We know these passages. But my brothers and sisters, for such a time as this, this needs to be real. This needs to be, we need to understand the depths of this and have it so much a part of what we are, what we understand. So, so just understand it so greatly and so deeply and then have the passion to do it. Amen? Amen. So that's why. And so, my brothers and sisters, the, the things that are preventing, what are the things that are preventing? I think that brings us to the strongholds part, because I believe that there are a lot, many people who name the name of Christ, who, who speak and who try and, and are trying their best to live according to the scriptures and even understand the scriptures by his grace. But there are still some strongholds that are set up in our lives which are preventing us. 
So that's why I, I, I want to continue in this way, and, and I believe that the Holy Spirit has nudged me, so we'll continue. So our, our, our foundational scripture, 2 Corinthians 10, beginning in verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God, for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So my brothers and sisters, context, I know I, I don't want to be accused ever of taking scriptures and going sideways with them, applying them whether or not. In full context, we know that the Apostle Paul is specifically speaking now to the church at Corinth. This church has had issues. Again, I'm repeating myself, but I can't help it. My brothers and sisters, this church has problems. They have issues. Why? Because the culture is affecting the church. They have, they have pagan worship. They have uh, Judaizers. They have all kinds of things. And now they have these false teachers, false teachers and apostles who are named in the name of Christ, but they're preaching other things. And so now the apostle is saying, because he's always accused of being you know, weak when he's there and strong when he's away, and, and, and basically he's saying, you're, you're judging me according to the flesh. You're judging me in the natural you know, remember, I want, I, just for some of you, it's been maybe been a long time. He, one of the things that he said, when I'm there, I'm not speaking rhetoric. I'm not, I'm not trying to impress you with how I speak. It's the message. It's not about how I deliver it. It's the message. Amen? Amen? But you have these others who can speak really well. Hello, Joe Lowenstein. Oh, excuse me. You have all of these others that could speak so very well or they say it so nicely. And they, you know, my brothers and sisters, no, it's not about the words. It's not about... My education, it's about the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. This is what Paul is saying. Amen. So now he's saying, you're, ju- you're looking at the flesh, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. And look at what he says, and we saw this last week we, as we looked at it together. All of the strongholds begin in our mind. They begin with thoughts. Thoughts that conflict with the truth of God. Amen. That's where all of these strongholds, and if you'll remember, we talked a little bit about you know, some strongholds that, the, that brothers and sisters in the Lord have. You know, we, we, we go ahead and we allow ourselves to maybe you know, hold some oughts or have some things against some people. After all, you know, they're not saved, or after all, they think they're saved, or after all, and however we justify that in our minds, well, they're not doing this right, they're not doing that right. Oh, excuse me, Mr. and Mrs. Perfect, I guess that you're doing everything right. Do you understand? Do you hear my heart? But then we'll go ahead and we'll have an ought or we'll have a little bit of a, uh, a grudge where that person rubs us the wrong way. That's a stronghold. When you have those things active in your life, when you are regarding some things like that, that is a stronghold. It is blocking you from the fullness that God has for you. Amen? Okay, so now I'm going to read to you a little bit uh, to, to give us more, to get, take it a little bit further, a little bit deeper. I'm going to be reading to you out of the book of Acts, chapter 17. Chapter 17 of Acts. Now when they had passed, beginning of verse 1, excuse me, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica, where the synagogue of the Jews, and then Paul as was his custom, went into them, and for three Sabbaths reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that the Christ had to suffer, rise again from the dead, and saying, This Jesus whom I preach to you is the Christ. And some of them were persuaded, and a great multitude of the devout Greeks, and not a few of the leading women, joined Paul and Silas. That means a lot of women joined them. But the Jews who were not persuaded, becoming envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, and gathering a mob, set all the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, and sought to bring them out to the people. But when they did not find them, they dragged Jason and some brethren into the rulers of the city, crying out, These who have turned the world upside down have come here too. Do you see? Do you hear how they describe them? You know, they're, they're messing with the culture. They're changing things. My brothers and sisters, Western, I'm going to say it again, Western cultures are based on Judeo-Christianity. That's why the attack is against Western cultures. It's not against you. It's not against me per se. It's, fle- it's not flesh and blood, but it's against powers and principalities, the Spirit... Come on! You understand what I'm saying? I get so... My brothers and sisters, it is not people. It's the enemy. It is the enemy. 
And so they're turning that upside down. They're trying to get it back to what it was before Jesus showed God. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Jason has harbored them, and these are all acting contrary to the decrees of Caesar, saying there's another king, Jesus. And they troubled the crowd and the rulers of the city when they heard these things. So when they had taken security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. Then the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night into Berea. When they arrived, they went into the synagogue of the Jews. Now they're going into Berea and the same thing. They go first to the synagogues when they went to Berea. There they were more... There... Were for, they were fair-minded. They were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica, in the, that they received the word with all readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not few of the Greeks, prominent women as well as men. So, a lot of a lot of the folks that were studying Jew, Judaism, the ones that were in the synagogues, when he went in there and preached Jesus, they went back, they looked at the scriptures to see if what he was saying was true, and it says that a lot of them began; they became believers, and not just the Jews, but also the Greeks. Are you with me? This is big stuff, my brothers. So we're going to take this apart just a little bit. If we'll go back now and read, look at uh, with me in Acts 17, beginning verse 11. These, the Bereans, they were more fair-minded than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with readiness and searched the scriptures daily to find out whether these things were so. Therefore, many of them believed, and also not a few of the Greeks and prominent women, as well as men. My brothers and sisters, look, I want to point out a couple of things, and you'll see there where I have some things underlined and highlighted. So that's where I'm going to kind of focus a little bit. First of all, <clears throat> these were more fair-minded. That word fair-minded comes from a Greek word, uh, uh, geome, geome, Mame or something like this, whatever. But here's the thing. I'm going to read this to you from now out of the Amplified. Now, these Jews were better disposed. I think I gave you... There it goes. Uh, now, these Jews were better disposed and more noble than those in Thessalonica. Do you, do you see what this is saying? So that word, noble, fair-minded, comes from that Greek word, which means noble or higher, Right? So again, not to be misgiven and not to say that only people who were in the upper class or only people who had education. No, no, no. These people, I, I, I don't think, I, I'm, I know that it's not speaking to that. I know that. Because Jesus himself said, you know, he brought it to the simple. He brought it to the everyday folks. It was the noble in that society, noble in that culture, that, that were the ones that rejected him. So now when it says that, again, that word noble, it's not speaking to the upper class. No, it was mind, it was where their minds were. It speaks to the disposition of their mind. So what is better or well disposed? To have favorable, positive, or approving attitude or mindset towards someone or something. Listen. I think this is speaking now to how what they thought of the persons who were delivering the message and then the message itself. How do I know that? Because I'm smart. <laughs> Why are you laughing? I was serious. <laughs> but no, no, think about this for a minute, right? If we look at the words, now let me go back. I'm going to go back. I'm going to read to you again. Please be patient with me because I'm trying to explain. So please go back. I'm going back now to Acts 17, beginning in verse 1. Now when they had passed through Amphipolis and Apollonia, they came to Thessalonica where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Then Paul, as his custom was, went into them and for three Sabbaths, that's three weeks, he reasoned with them from the scriptures, explaining and demonstrating that Christ had to suffer, rise again from the dead, saying, this Jesus whom I preach to you is Christ. Pause. Listen. I get so many people, I've said it before from this pulpit, I've got to say it again, because I have, and I've shared with you, I think the Wednesday night group, we're praying for a, a sweet dear friend of mine who is in another state right now, who has the he's ministering to someone, a friend of his, who is totally eaten up with false doctrine and theology. And he's trying to bring to him, you know, the importance of both, you know, Old Testament, New Testament, who Jesus is, the Trinity. This person is struggling with all of these things and so dogmatic. Somebody has gotten to him with an Eastern kind of sway or on the Bible and you know the Old Testament's gone and done away with. My brothers and sisters, we see so many times in Scripture, and here's another one, and I'm going to show you one before the message is over, Lord willing, where, listen, Paul was teaching from the Scriptures. He was not teaching from the New Testament. It did not exist. He was teaching from the Old Testament, from the law 
and the prophets. First five books, Law of Moses and the prophets. My brothers and sisters, the Old Testament is awesome. It is, it is the Word of God just as much then, now, and forever. Now, Jesus said His Word will never pass away. Jesus said, I did not come to destroy it, but to fulfill it. Amen? Amen. And it's still just as much. We still can talk about today and get lessons and learn from it today just as well as they did 2,000 years ago. So, again, now look at uh, with me, please, verse 4. And some of them were persuaded... And a great multitude of devout Greeks and not a few of the leading women joined Paul and Silas. But the Jews who were not persuaded became envious, took some of the evil men from the marketplace, gathering mobs, set all the city on an uproar and attacked the house of Jason. My brothers and sisters, I, want, I, I think this is showing us a, a, a wonderful contrast. Okay? And so now I want to go back. Uh, could you put up that last slide for me, please? Thank you so much. And so now if you look at what I said, better or well disposed, to have favorable, positive, approving attitude or a mindset towards someone or something. Thank you, Kason. So now, so, so now listen. So when I read this, I see the disposition of the Jews and all of those who were in opposition to Paul and Silas and to the Word of God. They were envious. And now I see... Paul and Silas and the group that traveled with them, they're preaching Christ Jesus. They're speaking truth. They're now, listen, they're looking, they're reasoning in the Scriptures. They're they're taking the truth, they're showing in the Scriptures, and now look, you have then the Bereans, who, what do they do? What does it say about the Bereans? They went back and they looked at the Scriptures. So now, who am I going to believe? Someone who is reasoning with me out of the Scriptures and they're showing me how this Christ, this Jesus, is the Christ because your own Scriptures, which you regard very highly, are saying so. And let me show you how it's saying so. Or am I going to believe those who are envious, jealous, um, who stir up a mob? Are you with me? Stir up a mob. Let's get the pitchforks and listen. No. That's not how it's done. That's not even how Jesus did it. He could have. He could have. He could have done it any way he wanted to. He could have just all of a sudden... Remember what he said? He said, I could call down a legion of angels right now. But he didn't. Why? You know why? Because God is love. The essence of God is love. Love wins. Love doesn't win if it becomes envious... Right? Chapter 13, 1 Corinthians. Love doesn't win if it starts to become those things. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. This is awesome stuff. So, so again, how are some strongholds broken? Love. Word of God and truth in love. Amen? Hallelujah. So now I want to go back again. Remember our, our, where we are. In 2 Corinthians chapter 11 now, verses 3. This was also one of our foundational scriptures from last week. Chapter 11, verse 3. But I fear lest somehow as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit. Do you notice that word there, or those, uh, that combination of words? Different spirit. Different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. My brothers and sisters, listen, the battle is about your minds. See, what the enemy did in the garden was cause a different thought. Did God really say that? God really didn't mean that. Come on. See, my brothers and sisters, I know that I'm preaching, especially now this morning, those who brave the frigid weather to come out here in Florida. <laughs> those who bra- oh, oh, I, Now, I know I'm speaking to people who, who understand that to, to a great degree. But my brothers and sisters, we have to take this each and everywhere we go. We have to take it everywhere we are. We have to remember, even when we have that thought, come on, I know that I am not the only person in this room that occasionally a thought flies into that head. Come on. I mean, don't tell me when that person cuts you off. Come on. And, 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 as, silly, and as silly as that sounds, that's true. 
and that's not a godly thought that you just had when that person cut you off. Don't tell me when your wife, or wait, 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 let me back that up. Don't tell me when your spouse is driving and you don't necessarily agree with the way things are going, you're not going to, yeah, okay, I'm the only one that has that. And, and, and I know she's in the other room teaching, so if you squeal, come on. So it's, but, but do you understand? And listen, those are mild things that I just mentioned. You know, pretty much innocuous, but they're still important. But I'm going to here to tell you, my brothers and sisters, that in in the house of God there are other thoughts, and and in the house of God, quote unquote, I'm using air quotes for those who are listening and not watching. And in the house of God, um, there are worse things being taught. So, my brothers and sisters, we have to have this mind. And see, Paul knew that that was going to be a problem. It was already a problem, and that's why we've been studying Corinthians. It was already a problem. Why? Because look at what he says. Um, For if he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached, there are all kind of things being preached and taught. This doesn't mean a different person of Jesus. When this says a different Jesus, this is Jesus is the Word of God. So when this says a different Jesus, this is speaking to a different gospel, a different word of God, something other than the truth that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? This is speaking to that. Or a form of you know taking and mixing and matching and marrying different doctrines and theologies together. It doesn't work. Why? Because He is the way, the truth, and the life. Amen? Okay, again... I, I hope you didn't come. Tony, come off the mountain. We're going to hear some you know, big revelation. That's the problem. Some of these folks that would you know, come down there and act like they've got this big new revelation. And my brothers and sisters, no, it's, there's, no, there's nothing new under the sun. Ask Solomon. My brothers and sisters, here it is. And, and this even says it's not left to personal interpretation. So I want to make sure that I know what this says. Listen, Old Testament, New Testament. All of it. Hallelujah. So, I want to talk to you a little bit this morning now, going a little bit deeper, a little bit further. I, I, I know I shouldn't do this, but I, I see headlines and I, you know, every once in a while I hear something and blah, blah, blah. So, I saw a headline this morning and I read the story. The headline says, The, change, the Changing Marriage Concepts Among Contemporary Youth, Reasons and Solutions. So, I said, okay, you know, that's the hook. I, I got. I got to read this now, and I did read it. I read the article, and it is a bunch of garbage. Um, it's, but I'm going to read. They actually, this this author wrote a conclusion. So all I'm going to read to you is the conclusion. Okay, the conclusion: the changing marriage concepts among contemporary youth, characterized by a decline in marriage rates, home ownership, and childbirth, are influenced by various factors: economic conditions, cultural shifts. There, that's it. That's everything. That's all you need to know right there. Cultural shifts. And educational pursuits all contribute to this phenomenon. Governments and society should address the challenges by implementing policy, implementing, excuse me, policies that support youth, adults financially, young adults financially. So, so you see what, that, see what the conclusion is? We need the government to step in and make this right. My brothers and sisters, from the 19... 30s, but then most specifically in the 50s, and then even further in the 60s, when the government really, in this government, really started taking control of things, they took the place of the scriptures. They took the place of God. That's why when they look at you and me now, they think we're the ones that are turning things upside down, but they've already turned things upside down. The government now has become God. What government? All the people that are in power, no matter what they say, no matter what, no matter Democrat, Republican, Progressive, blah blah blah, it doesn't matter. This, this, is the way, the truth, the life. Period. That's it. So look. So here we go. We're going to have we have we have cultural problems, and we're going to depend on these geniuses to solve the cultural problems. And not only that, we're going to go ahead and the government has to take money to help these kids out. Let me just say what they're going to do. Promoting comprehensive education, fostering a more inclusive and equitable society. Who gets to decide what's equal? You know what they're saying? What they're saying is, again, take the middle class money, give it to the lower class, and all the elites keep theirs. That's what they're saying. 
Now, look, I know that you're in here, oh, here we go, we're getting into the government stuff again. No, the government has become God. I'm not saying to you, now look, here's the, again, now remember what I said just previously. We don't solve this problem and we don't live our lives in joy, rejoicing by picking up pitchforks and going to march on Washington. That's not what I'm saying at all. We don't go ahead and get on uh, Facebook, Snapchat, and all this other tic-tac-toe stuff. We don't get on there and start selling all of our wares. We don't do that. And uh, how, how, how great everything is in the church and how lousy the government is. This politician stinks. That politician's lousy. We don't do that. We don't. That's what I'm trying to say. Look at the folks at, in Berea. Right? They were more, what does it say? Their mind was more disposed toward the apostles and the things of God. Right? The others, right? The others stirred up a mob. That's not how you do it. That's not how Jesus did it. That's not how we should do it. And that's not what I'm promoting. Yes, do I get passionate about it? Yes, I absolutely get passionate about it. And, and see, this is why. Because now our young people read this stuff. Our young people are told this stuff. Their minds... These now become strongholds. We create a society that embraces diverse relationship choices. Did you hear that? Let me, let me give you the bottom line. Let me give you the conclusion of their conclusion. If we have more government paying for more things and we make... Equi- no, listen. We want equal outcomes, not equal opportunities we're going to demand and we're going to promote equal outcomes. There's a difference. Right? Okay, so if the government does all of this, then we'll spend enough money and then everybody's going to be happy. No. That's what this is saying. That's how you solve this problem. Somebody's going to run out of money. My brothers and sisters, this... This is how the strongholds happen, and this is what's happening to our young people. Our young people, uh, marriage isn't in trouble in this culture and in this society because uh, there's not enough money in the world, because this and because that. No, it's not. You know why marriage is in trouble? Because the enemy of our soul has been working on destroying the family since the ni- at least the 1950s. At least. Started in the African-American families and just has worked its way all the way through. God defines men and women. God defines marriage. But we went ahead and we turned those things around and upside down in every which way. Now I know for people like that, us who are gathered here, who are gathered around the, the uh, video screen or the, wherever we're listening to, we don't necessarily feel that way. But I want to tell you, well, it doesn't affect our family because my kids know it does affect your family. Your kids are being told this day in, day out. And they're being told this. All it takes is that thought. And that's what they're doing. They're planning these thoughts dressed up as facts into our young people and even into some older people's minds. Let me just be honest with you. Uh, It's not just the young people that are susceptible to this stuff. Some of us, I see some of you shaking your heads, yes. Uh, I think many of us have run into some folks that I'm surprised at their age that they don't have more understanding of the truth. But my brothers and sisters, I guess it shouldn't surprise me because the scripture says that there's this prince in power of the air. And he owns the airwaves. So we need, we, a church, our body, our family, the family of God, we need to work together. We need to help each other. Yeah, I don't have any young children in my house anymore. Uh, I have grandchildren. I'm going to do everything I can to help my Son, my daughter, my, my son-in-law, my daughter. I'm going to do everything I can to help them to, to do whatever they can, can do to, to raise their kids up in the right way. I want to be a good example. I'm going to be a loving grandfather. I want to say I want, uh, to your children, I want your children to see a good example of a church community, how people love each other. That God is love. How pe- and, and it's not just by word. Oh, I love you. And then we go away and we don't do nothing. We don't ever... No, no. They see it practice. Hey, I know that, you know, uh, if, if something happens, my mom and dad, they go to the church, they pray. Uh, I know that my mom and dad, you know, they're going out there. They're helping the poor. I, I could see in action the word love. 
I know my mom and dad, when the church doors are open, they're going in, and they're not just sitting there, and then, no, they're, they're, they're saying amen. They're, they're, and then when we go home, my mom and dad are talking about it a little bit. Hey, Pastor Tony was pretty good today. Oh, hey, that was a good message. <laughs> No, but do you understand that yeah, that was a good message? Or what did you think of the message? Or you could be like me. Don't. Sometimes you. I, I had an older pastor tell me this a long time ago, and I didn't believe him. <laughs> if you want to be happy on Monday, don't ask your family what they thought of your message on Sunday. <laughs> so I will ask my wife. You know, but my brothers and sisters, all of this to what? So it has to translate. What we speak about here, what the Lord brings us here, what we talk about, what we pray about, it has to translate in what we're doing out there. And when it translates into what we're doing out there, that's how, my brothers and sisters, people will at least have an open mind or a more, right? They're going to be, what, what the Bible says, a more noble mind, a mind more disposed to hearing you or seeing you. Are, are you there? Is that making sense? Is that, is that tracking with anybody besides me this morning? Amen? So that's how you begin to break down strongholds, okay? But I'm going to go further because we still got time, so I'm going. In Ephesians chapter 4, just some of this will be on the board, a lot of it won't, so just bear with me, okay? In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 22, you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created, a, listen, which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. My brothers and sisters, I cannot, I have to make sure that my mind has been renewed. That now I'm, I'm a new creation, we all know this. This is very basic and rudimentary to any born-again Christian who is truly born again. I am a new creation in Christ. My mind is, what does this mean? I, I, what does it say? I'll be renewed in the spirit of my, my attitude toward life, my attitude toward myself, my attitude toward others, my total attitude is changed. Okay? Now, I'm going to be honest with you. When I first went to the Lord, that didn't happen overnight. Something did happen. Something happened. The Lord shook me on the inside. I knew that I needed to change, but then I had to, He, he and me are still in this process of changing me totally into His image, into His total likeness. I do not have any permission while there's breath in my body to stop trying to work on being just like Christ was. As He was in this world, so are we. That's what the Scripture says. I have the responsibility each and every day of my life to look more and more and more and more like Jesus. I'm not always successful. But I'm still making progress. How about you? Come on. Amen? Okay, so now my attitude toward the things of God and my attitude toward the things of the world when I first became born again started to change. And now as I get, I'm, I'm getting even older, my attitude is even more so anti-world. More, and so what does that mean, anti-world? I hate the world? No, God so loved the world that I give, He gave His only begotten Son. No, I love the people that are in the world. I don't love the world system. I don't love what the world does to people. I don't love what the prince and the power of the air is doing to our young people. I don't love that. And the longer I live, the more I feel like a stranger in a strange place. Why? Because like we began the service with, the world has changed upside, and, the, the, and Western culture has changed. My brothers and sisters, God stays the same. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So I need to be renewed. But look at what it says again. Created according to God in true, in true righteousness and holiness. It's my responsibility to walk in righteousness and holiness. Now you tell me which of the Baptocostal, high-end, sure enough, loaded to the brim churches are preaching that. You must be holy. Was Jesus holy? So look, my brothers and sisters, I must be holy. I must walk in righteousness and true holiness. That's what the scripture says. Now, Tony, you say that a lot. Okay, I'm just saying, if you want strongholds broken, that's what you have to do. Amen. Colossians 3, 9 and 11, not too different. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. Watch. Now, this image of Jesus... Jesus said, you search, he told the, 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 the Jewish people, the people who were studying, the lawyers, the ones who understood the law and the prophets. He said, you search the scriptures because in them you think you'll find eternal life. 
They speak of me. That's what he said. Okay, so now watch. This Testament, this Old and New Testament, this speaks to the image of Christ. So now I want to be conformed to the image of Christ. I am now born again and I have this beginning of knowledge. I start to put on, now I know what I'm supposed to look like. Isn't that what this is saying? I know what I'm supposed to look like. And the attitude of my mind now is I want to look like that. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where there is neither, and I love this part, I, I left this part in here for a reason. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and in all. My brothers and sisters, it is the enemy who is to try and divide us by race, by color of skin, by age, by stature, uh, by financial distribution. It's, it's the enemy who's trying to keep us divided. Amen. That becomes another stronghold, even in the church. Yes. There are black churches, there are Asian churches, there are white churches. Tell me I'm wrong. I didn't hear it. Because you know it's true. Should that be? No. The church isn't divided. Christ isn't divided. We see it right there. But the enemy of your soul and mine would have that become a stronghold. I've got to be honest with you. When they're talking about all of this stuff and they're promoting this, I've got to fight it. Not that I would be prejudiced, but I'm saying, look, this is so tilted against a white old guy like me, i, I got to fight becoming defensive. Now, again, don't look at me like that. What I'm saying is true. Amen. So now, look, i it, it, so I got to fight that I gotta, because inside me there's the old Tony that every once in a while wants to raise up. I am not whatever they're calling me. I am not a racist. Many of you in here know me. You've known me, what, 20-something years? I'm not a racist. But see, my brothers and sisters, because of my gender, because I'm a cisgender, which I just found out last week what that means, I definitely believe that I am the gender which I was assigned at birth, and thank God the doctor got it right, I guess, because that's what's on my birth certificate. I don't know. (laughs) Do, do Do you hear my heart? Do you hear my heart? So my brothers and sisters, because I am a white male uh, heterosexual, I'm automatically biased against everybody and everything else. That's what my brothers and sisters, that's the thing that has become a stronghold for many people. Yes. Yes. So how am I going to, oh, this is so good. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So how am I going to break down that stronghold? By rebelling against that? No. Love. The Word of God and love. See, that's how that works. I'm not going to get up all in there and, well, blah, 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 this, and fight, blah, 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 that, and blah, 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 make my case against all this other... No, here's my case. Jesus Christ, Him crucified, died, buried, raised from the dead. Jesus Christ. Amen? There's my my argument. Hallelujah. Okay, so now look, I want to go back because we're still, now we're talking about helping break in these strongholds. Now remember, the thing that I, I always love to think about stories, Old Testament, New Testament. So you have the two on the road to Emmaus, right? So remember, Jesus has risen, but he's only, he's only seen by the, the women to this point as it relates to what, what's in John's Gospel. So uh, my brother, sister, and in Luke, in Luke 24. So the two are on the road to Emmaus, and my brother, sisters, uh, they're talking about what had happened. Now, you know, these are disciples. They are disciples. And they're talking about what had happened. Jesus comes up behind them. He doesn't let them see who he is. His, their spiritual eyes are closed as far as he's concerned. Their spiritual eyes are closed. And he comes up on them. He says, hey, what are you guys talking about? And he says, man, where have you been? And, you know, talking about you know, Jesus. We thought he, was the, he thought he was the one. He was the prophet come from God. We thought he was the one. And blah, blah, blah. And they tell him all the things. And Jesus says, hey, wait a minute. Didn't the scriptures say that that's what's supposed to happen to the Christ? And then he began uh, speaking to them. Right? He begins to speak to them. And then it says, look, he opened their eyes. I'm going to read to you. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm so excited right now. (laughs) When he sat down with them to eat, then he opened up their eyes. And remember what they said. Didn't didn't our hearts burn within us when he revealed the scripture? See, they knew the scripture. They knew the scripture. They knew the scripture. They still had, they didn't have the ability to understand 
totally. But now when Jesus appears to them and he speaks to them and uncovers the scripture and then breaks bread with them, now they understand this word that we just got wasn't by just another rabbi. This word that we had just received was something by somebody greater because then they recognized it was Jesus. My brothers and sisters, His Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Luke 24, verse 44. It'll be up there. Then He said to them, These are the words which I spoke to you while I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms concerning me. Written where? Moses, the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Old Testament, my brothers and sisters. This is Old Testament. And he opened their understanding that they might comprehend the Scriptures. Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for Christ to suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And you are witnesses of these things. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until until you are dued with power from on high. My brothers and sisters, this again, this wasn't Jesus talking to the two, that he's already appeared to the two on the road to Emmaus. This is when he had the group together. and before He had already been raised. He was now on earth for 40 days. And now he's speaking to his disciples, the closest disciples before he goes back to send the Holy Spirit. But you see what he's saying. You need to be endued with power. Now here's what I'm saying to you. My brothers and sisters, the two on the road to Emmaus, they weren't filled with the Holy Spirit. But they had Jesus right there in front of them. And He Himself opened their eyes. He Himself, because He is God now in the flesh, He Himself opens their eyes. Okay? Jesus, before, my brothers and sisters, He ascended the final time, He breathed on His... Remember in John... Forgive me, I can't remember what chapter right now. I think it was chapter 20. I believe it was in chapter 20. He said, receive the Holy Spirit, and He breathed on them. Right? That wasn't the full dose. My, my brothers and sisters, I believe he was giving them a measure so that they could make it until the Holy Ghost fell in Acts chapter 2. He was giving them a measure. He was giving them some understanding. My brothers and sisters, why am I saying, Tony, what does that got to do with where we are? We need help from Holy Spirit to understand what these things are. We need Holy Spirit is empowerment to do what we're... Be, to, first to understand it and then to do it. Hallelujah. So, so my brothers and sisters, what are we doing? What are we doing to continue to be ye being filled? Right? The scripture tells us, be ye being filled. Continue the process of always being filled with Holy Spirit. Amen? John 14, when Jesus was still with them, just a couple more, just trying to bolster this point for us. In John chapter 14, beginning verse 25, these things I have spoken to you while being present with you, but the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. My brothers and sisters, there are a number of times when it's said that the apostles, they, 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 they remembered something that Jesus talked, talked to them about. Remember? One of the things was um, Jesus, when he said to the, uh, to the Pharisees, when he said, destroy this temple and I'll raise it in three days. After he rose from the dead, uh, now we know what he was talking about. Remember, why? Because they had been given a dose of Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is the one who... It's not your own human intellect. If you're depending on your intellect, you're going to miss it. Because things have been planted there. Man, there are still some things, my brothers and sisters, I think about from when I was a kid or even when I was a stupid teenager and I thought I knew everything. Shush. But, 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 but all of those times, my brothers and sisters, now I think about some of those things and I'm so glad that Jesus supersedes all of that. I thought there was a point in there where I knew God. I knew of God, but I didn't know God. I tried to explain when I was younger. I, I, I knew there was a God, but I, how do I reconcile evolution with God? And how do I reconcile some of these things that are being taught in science and biology? How do I reconcile all of this stuff? And I thought that I could do it. Both can, can, can exist simultaneously. But my brothers and sisters, no, 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 no. Then I started to read the Word. You see, I became born again. I started to read the Word. 
And now all of a sudden, Holy Spirit is bearing witness with my spirit. And I'm starting to understand things. When, when it says, in the beginning, God created yes. the heavens and the earth. It's yes. all I need to know. When God said He formed man out of the dust of the earth and breathed life into him, all I need to know, I didn't flop out of a pond as this little freaking one-cell thing. And Excuse me, I'm getting excited now. I didn't pop out of a pond and get then evolve into what I am right now. Besides that, that would have taken some... You, you, do you understand what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters? This, I, I can't. I have to know God. I have to know who He is. I have to know what His Word says. And then I need witness of Holy Spirit in me. Those strongholds were broken when I started to read the Word and understand it. There are still people in the church, I hope not in this church, but there are still people in the church that still, listen, are, are absolutely, positively, still tied to their own intellect and have trouble believing some things because of their own intellect. And it limits God in their life. And it allows the strongholds to remain. What I'm saying, my brothers and sisters, we need to believe what the Word says. We need Holy Spirit to give us power, give that power, life to those words in us. And then let us live those things out and then those strongholds are broken. They're no longer problems in our lives. Are we still going to have problems? Yes. Jesus said in this world you're going to have problems. Be a good cheer. I've overcome the world. We're still going to have problems. But you are more than a conqueror. Why? Because you believe what the Word said. You're more than a conqueror through Him who loved you. And so no matter how bad it looks, you could still have joy in the middle of that situation knowing, my brothers and sisters, that God will never leave you or forsake you. Yeah, that all sounds good. It's all platitudes, Tony. But, but, but. Listen. If you're being led by your butt, you're going the wrong way. My brothers and sisters, it's the butt that is the stronghold. It is the butt. Well, Jesus, you know that. But, no. Jesus said it, that's it. And the minute that you get on board with that, and the minute that you start living that out, listen, well, Tony, I can't live it out. I, I had this thing in my body that it just, this, this ailment, this thing, it won't go away. Uh, well, start living and praising God for the healing and maybe you'll have, instead of dwelling on the pain, instead of dwelling on whatever is happening to you, instead of dwelling on the, the, the problem, start dwelling on the solution to the problem. Well, that's just power of positive thinking. No, my own intellect can't do that. My, listen, I'm dwelling on, let me say this, not the gift of healing, but the giver of the gift of healing. Can, can, you, can you hear that? Okay, so that's what I'm looking at. That's what I'm looking for. Now, listen to this in John 15, 16. But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you ask, where are you going? But because I have said these things, you sorrow. Sorrow has filled your heart. Look at verse 7 with me. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. I tell you what? The truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Wait a minute. I'm confused, Jesus. You said the Father's going to send him. See, back there in, in um, Luke chapter 24, I send the promise of my Father upon you. I, he said the Father will send in my name. But what, what? Is Jesus confused? No. He is God in a body. See, you have the Trinity all over this. You have the Word of God all over this. You have the Scripture from cover to cover all over this. And you have Holy Spirit all over this. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. My brothers and sisters, so, so what? When the Holy Spirit comes, He sends them to you. I will send them to you. He, he has come. He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. What? There are people, my brothers and sisters, who can read the Word of God, but they don't have any Holy Spirit that they're paying attention to. And sometimes, my brother and sister, in fact, most times, it's got to be somebody like you who has Holy Spirit inside of them, living it out, that causes them to have now a spiritual experience, not just, a, not just an intellectual experience. We need to have a spiritual experience. And I'm afraid that there are people either in this room or certainly people in our congregation who haven't had a spiritual experience. Where Holy Spirit is the one who has given you revelation. Not Pastor Tony. Not the guy on TV, your second favorite preacher. No. Listen, what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, this has to be imparted to you by Holy Spirit. In the scripture it says, 
you know, the law came through Moses, but grace and truth by Jesus Christ. Grace, my brothers and sisters, is not, it's not, it's, it, truth without grace don't work. And grace isn't this you know, little fail-safe thing that if I get it wrong, I'm still good. No, grace is. You don't deserve His Holy Spirit. You don't deserve His power working in you. You don't deserve it, but He's given it to you anyway. Amen. Grace and truth by Jesus Christ. I have the ability to understand what He said. I have the ability to do what He said because of God's grace. Amen? Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that will pardon and cleanse within. Grace, grace, God's grace, grace that is greater than all my sin. Hallelujah. 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 They were fair-minded. Why were they fair-minded? Let me go back now. Remember one of our base scriptures. Our, our, our base scriptures. I'm, gonna, I'm wrapping up right now. Please be with me. In 2 Corinthians, again, back to chapter 10, beginning verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds. Casting down, listen, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen? Amen? Amen. I'm walking this out. It's not just I'm thinking the good things. I know what to think, how to think, and I've been empowered to go ahead and live now according to my new attitude. Amen? Watch this now in verse 6. And being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. My brothers and sisters, listen, the Holy Spirit, this ability for Him to convict, right? for Him to judge and all that, it's because there are people like you and like me who God has empowered by His Holy Spirit and His Word, His truth and His Word, to live it out. We have grace, and because Holy Spirit now is in us, it's the Holy Spirit bringing conviction. You're not bringing conviction to them. They may look at you, and some may even try to slander you because inside they know and they feel the guilt. So they may try to slander you. Has anybody ever had that happen? Amen. You right? People talk bad about you because you're the goody two-shoes and all this and are looking to smear you or do something. My brothers and sisters, that's because they are being, listen, they're, they're being convicted. And some of them don't know conviction from condemnation. So now all of a sudden, because they feel some guilt, they see something being lived out before them by the power of the Holy Spirit. It's conviction. And some of them react to the conviction wrong. Amen? See, that's, my brothers and sisters, that's the helper. That's God helping you to live it out and helping you to do His will in this life so that His word can be brought forth. So that you and I can preach the gospel and sometimes use words. Amen? Amen. Amen. So now, again, I'm squaring this. So we're being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Now, we know in this particular scripture, again, context, I'm not trying to go sideways here. Paul is specifically speaking to those in that culture who are struggling with walking according to the gospel. And he's saying, my brother, you know what? We're punishing all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. You know, but I, I don't believe that Paul is just absolutely saying, lay one on everybody, throw them out of the church. No, 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 no. We're ready to make these corrections. For the people that want to be corrected, they're going to receive this, right? But... What it involves is the major point here is you and I, when your obedience is fulfilled. See, how am I going to ever help the cause of Christ in this church, in my work, in my family? Come on, how am I going to help my kids if I'm not living in obedience to Christ? How How do I ever expect for there not to be strongholds being laid down on my kids if I'm not living in the obedience to Christ? How can I go ahead and punish my kids for living outside if I'm not living in it. You, you see, I'm, listen, those of you who have kids, I'm not trying to come down on you. I, I really am not. This is just as much to me as a grandfather and as a person who lives in the workplace, as a person who uh, also is contributing in society and in the culture. It's just as much to me as it is to you, as it is to parents, as it is to grandparents, aunts. Come on, anybody who's in your atmosphere are you there? Are you there? So my brothers and sisters, we don't need to be the stronghold makers. We need to be the stronghold breakers. Right? 
I, I, I want the stronghold to be broken for our children. I don't want our children to continue to be bombarded with all these lies and then all of a sudden there's these thoughts that later become strongholds. Can, can, you, can you hear me? Listen, if you can stand, could you please stand with me right now? We're going to pray. If you can't stand, that's okay. We're not bound to it. I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to uh, go back to the Psalms that we started in, and I'm, and I'm going to look at those as prayers. But here's what I'd like for you to do, because I want to be honest with you. I don't know. The Lord hasn't revealed a whole lot to me, and I'm not going to stand here and say, "Thus saith the Lord," and give you a word of knowledge. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm counting on the Holy Spirit of God in your lives. I'm counting on the Holy Spirit revealing to you now. Maybe there's a stronghold that's been set up. Maybe there's this habit or maybe there's this thing that you know, every once in a while the enemy uses, brings a thought to your head. I'm going to ask you, this could be the time right here, right now, after God's truth has been ministered to you, after you know, my brothers and sisters, that the enemy would like nothing better than for that stronghold to block you from the blessing, the spiritual blessing, the spiritual anointing that God has for you thereby canceling so many of the things, so many of the blessings that God has. Amen? I'm not saying that. And and I'm going to tell you. So if you take this this way, you've taken it the wrong way. That doesn't mean God is punishing you. No, these things have blocked it. Remember where we were last week when Daniel was praying and he was praying for the interpretation of a dream that God gave him. And remember, remember what Gabriel said. I heard you. They, God heard you the first day you prayed it, but there were some strongholds. The king of Persia had set up some strongholds. I had to call in, I had to call in some, some reinforcements. Michael had to come in and help me. Do you all remember that? Okay, this is what I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters. There might be a stronghold that's been set up in your life and you've prayed about it before or now you're not paying as much attention to it because you've prayed so much for it. I'm telling you, let this be the day that it's different. Let there be a faith that rises up in you right now because of the word that you just heard and stand on it. Amen? So, Father, here we are in your presence. Lord, I know there are strongholds that have been set up. There are these things that the enemy uses, brings thoughts to our heads. It may be something, Lord, that we haven't, that we just can't seem to forgive ourselves over, Lord, but you've forgiven us for it. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray right now, if I'm speaking to that person or for that person, Lord, right now, Please, let us receive our forgiveness. Father, please, 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 forgive us then, Lord, for not, for judging your blood not powerful enough to wash away that sin. So, Lord, for those things the enemy keeps bringing to our remembrance, those things that we did, the things that we said, and we've asked you for forgiveness for it, Lord, please, your blood, we plead your blood all over it right now. Hallelujah. 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 And Lord, as I lift up this bowl with there's many prayers in this bowl. Father, we've prayed to You. But I believe in this bowl there are some strongholds. There are things that have been prayed and we're going to pray for it again. Knowing, Lord, that when we prayed the first time, You heard us. But Lord, we pray right now that You will send angels that they would fight the fight that needs to be fought for these strongholds to be broken down. Whether, they, whether that means, Lord, that someone needs to change their thinking, I pray right now by the power of Your Holy Spirit and the truth of Your Word that their thinking will now change. Father, by Your Holy Spirit and by the truth of Your Word. Father, let them now receive Your truth and let them stand on Your truth. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank You, Lord, for breaking down strongholds. Not because of us, but because of You, because of Jesus, by Your Holy Spirit, by Your Word of Truth. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. To You, O Lord, we lift up our souls. Our God, we trust in You. Let us not be ashamed. Let not our enemies triumph over us. Indeed, let no one who waits on You be ashamed. Let those be ashamed who deal treacherously without cause. Show us your ways, O Lord. Teach us your paths. Lead us in your truth and teach us. 
For you are the God of our salvation. On you we wait all the day. Hallelujah. Teach us to do your will. For you are our God. Your spirit is good. Lead us in the land of uprightness. For your name's sake, Jesus. For your glory and your honor, Jesus. It's in your name that we lift up these prayers. Amen and amen. God bless you all. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. God bless you all. Go in peace. Have a good week. Stay warm.